Greetings ladies and bandlegents and welcome to this video for Fork This Life. Written by Jinxus 2011, this video contains chapter 43 and as always I hope that you enjoy and if you do please consider subscribing. Chapter 43 Questions Just a reminder for those who weren't able to finish their assessment last week, your score will be calculated based on your average performance thus far. For those of you who had less than stellar marks before the assessment, this will mean that you need to work harder to increase your marks for the rest of the term, the teacher concludes. In about a week, and things are back to normal. Well, mostly. Even though everyone came back unharmed, it's still a fact that you were kidnapped in the first place. Trust in the Academy's ability to protect its students, particularly for those in the class of their families, had taken a hit. Not to mention the lasting effects of it's going to have on those students involved. The Advanced Fire Destruction class is usually one of the more energetic classes. Most of the students in it are engaged and enthusiastic about learning of the course content. But since the incident, it had been much more quiet and reserved. How can you be so calm after what happened? For once, Joyce's voice isn't accusatory, but truly at a loss. You're acting like everything is normal, but... Uh, we would kidnap for God's sake. Yeah, it wasn't a great situation, and I'd rather not relive it, I say. But it doesn't even rank up in the top five worst situations I've been through. I don't understand, she says, furrowing her eyebrows. Is, is she actually listening to what I'm saying? I'll be damned. Bad, saying that. Not really fond of being damned. Look, I don't mind talking, I say, but I'd rather talk about it somewhere else. Fine, she replies after a moment of deliberation. Is the library fine? I was going to head there to study anyway. Sounds good to me, I reply. The walk or float in my case, there, were spent in silence. Miss Shite following dutifully behind me as it carries my things. I greet Professor Calby as we pass by the front desk, eliciting a little more than a faint nod in response. We head through the second section of the library and Joyce frowns. All of the tables already have people on them. It's part of the reason why I don't usually come at this time of day. Over here, I tell Joyce, leading her to the one of the tables. It's the only one with a single person sitting on it. You shouldn't at least ask if he minds. She asks quietly as I plop myself down on the other side of the table. Relax, I know him, I explain. This is Raymond. He spends most of his time in here. He won't bother us and we don't bother him. Exactly, he responds shortly, nodding at me before quickly becoming re-engrossed in the book in front of him. Well, if you say so, she sits down. So what did you mean, us getting kidnapped wasn't in your top five most dangerous situations, or whatever? We're only students, how could you possibly have experience with things like that? I get where you're coming from, I think most people look at me and assume that's just how it is, I reply. Look, that's Gerald. He can fly and he's good at magic, they say. Nobody ever seems to wonder why. Nobody wonders how I can fly, why I understand, and why I know the, all the answers. Well, at least most of the answers. People make assumptions, and they don't question them. Or at least they don't question them nearly enough. I'm here to understand, Gerald, not for you to talk in circles. Joyce shakes her head. Fair enough, I say. I'll give you an example, then. Why was our class kidnapped? For ransom money, of course, Joyce shrugs. A logical answer. We had no relation to them or other value, after all, so money is a likely incentive. Except for the fact that that's the dead wrong, I said straightforwardly. 
What? Joyce blinks. They didn't recognize Simon, I explained. Why would they recognize Simon? Joyce asked. I explained further. If they were in it for the money, they'd want to know who they were kidnapping. That way, they would know how much money they could expect to get from the families and friends and such. Joyce nods. Yes, but what does that have to do with Simon? He's rich, I state. He's rich? Joyce sputters. How could you possibly know that? Simple. His grandfather, the one that stepped through the portal and saved us that day, is Theodore Glumfiel, creator and owner of an extremely lucrative magical tool business which, amongst other things, is the sole producer of bags of holding. I say simply, What? She squeaks. Keep it down, would you? Raymond complains without looking at us. Yeah, I continue. If they were after money, they would have known about him, actually. If they were after money, they wouldn't have bothered off our class at all. Simon is much too dangerous of a target. You saw the aftermath of what happened when his grandfather found out. Plus, reinforcements from the academy were just about to arrive. If they were after money, they would have gone after much easier targets. I... Why did I never think of that? Joyce shakes her head to herself. Because you didn't ask yourself the right questions. Think them through to the logical conclusions, and then question the conclusions as well, I tell her. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Simon's grandfather happens to be a different, extremely powerful user of space magic, who also has a plethora of magical tools at his disposal. It would be awfully massive coincidence, considering how few users of space magic are at the level of skill. But it's theoretically possible. But anyway, enough about that. You wanted me to explain myself. Uh, yes, Joyce nods, a little at a loss. Thing is, a few of your questions can be answered by answering another simple question. I say wryly, for instance, how is a fork born? Forks aren't born, they're made by... Joyce stops as she realizes the implication. Precisely, I came into being not knowing where I was or even what I was. To this day, my best guess is that the gods made me this way, and I haven't the faintest idea as to why. I say, next question, what can a fork do? Nothing, they aren't alive, she replies accurately. That's not far from what I had in the beginning. There is no exaggeration to say that I'm only here today because of a few strokes of luck, I admit. Now, back to your original question. It's not something that you can figure out just by reasoning through, so I'll give you a breakdown there. The related questions you do have asked yourself, however, are... Where is he from, and what did he do before coming to the academy? Joyce rolls her eyes. Where are you from, then? Across the sea. Odwia, I state, another world. The people there aren't as open-minded or understanding as the people here. And I say that knowing that most of the people in the academy consider me a remotely controlled tool created by some eccentric artificer. I worked with an adventurer who I befriended, helped him fight, explore, avoid danger, and so on. The guy has a big heart, but it will got us into trouble more often than not. Long story short, some demons wanted to invade, and I ended up going through a portal to destroy it from the other side to prevent them from rebuilding it. Who would believe a story like that? Joyce shakes her head in disbelief. I know, right? I say, not particularly caring if she doesn't. But yeah, literally went to hell and back. Still, it was mostly luck. I'm not all that powerful myself particularly physically. Trying to carry lots of things around myself is difficult and draining, which is why I have Mishite here doing the heavy lifting. Anyway, that's the answer to that question. 
but the question you really want answered, you haven't asked yet, have you? Joyce frowns. What are you talking about? Ah, if only I had harms to struggle with, why is it that I'm better at magic than you? She opens her mouth to retort, but I cut her off before she says anything. Don't. It's perfectly understandable. You work your hardest to learn and understand something, and then you see someone who knows more about it than you do. But you never see them doing anything at all. Of course, you get annoyed by someone like that. All right, fine, Joyce says. You were always such a smartass, and it's annoyed the hell out of me. So what? Yeah, that's pretty fair, I admit. I was a bit childish in my responses to you. That's my bad. I'm not great with people. She stares at me for a moment before sighing. How am I supposed to stay mad with someone who keeps apologizing? You'd be surprised at how well some people manage it, I reply wryly. They sound like fun, she winces, but fine. I was a bit jealous of how good you are at magic. How do you do it? There are four main reasons, I explain, and none of them are talent. First of all is experience. I've been out in the world. I've been in fights with necromancers, talked with paladins, and toppled a false ruler. Because of that, I know that when they teach us fire destruction magic, the goal isn't to be able to create a fireball of such and such size, and hotter than such and such temperature, and then projected to such and such speed to hit such a target. It's to defeat and kill an enemy as surely, quickly, and efficiently as possible. Sometimes that might mean a fireball, other times a fireball might not be quick, powerful, or accurate enough, or maybe too powerful. What spell you need to use depends entirely on your opponent and the situation. All right, I kind of get that, though I'm still not believing you did all that. What else? Trace nods. Knowledge. I know a lot of things that you and a lot of your other students don't. I know why fire burns. I know why the sky is blue. I know what water is made of. I know the speed of light, why blood is red, what happens inside your body when you get sick, and a thousand other things that I can apply to use in magic to make it stronger and have many different effects, I continued. That doesn't help me, you know. I'm already using almost all my spare time to study. Joyce complains. Hey, you're the one who asked. Kind of, I replied. Third is perspective. You're focused on getting good marks, the best in the class if you can, right? Of course. Joyce nods, seriously, I'm not here to play around. Well, this is going to sound a bit cruel to you then, but, uh, I say, marks don't matter. Not much, at least. Of course, passing the class is important, and getting good grades is always a plus. But in a year, nobody will remember who was top of the class this term. Nobody will care. If you go far enough, people won't even be heard of this academy, let alone the class. What's important is learning the tools and the methods, and the spells, that will help you in the future. That should be your goal first and foremost. Anything else is secondary. I. She shakes her head. Whatever. What's the last reason? Quite simply, time. I state, I don't need to eat, sleep, or anything else normal people do. That means I have maybe 10, 12 hours more per day to do things. And I have no family to care for, no job, nothing except the academy right now. I spend some time with a few friends during the day, which is probably why you haven't seen me in the library. But all night, while everyone else is asleep, I'm studying and practicing magic. I'm not learning things much faster than you. I just have more time. Oh, Joyce blinks, looking a bit disappointed. That makes sense. 
I was just hoping, you know, that there might be some way for me to learn faster. No shortcuts to success, I'm afraid. I say in a verbal equivalent of a shrug. But if there's one thing that you take away from this, let it be perspective. I went to a school once before. Not a magical school, granted, but a school. I went in with the attitude similar to yours. I wanted to be the best in this year. I tried my hardest. It grated on my mind and my spirit. Towards the end, I hated every moment of my learning, and what did I get for it? A couple of years later, I'd forgotten half the things I'd learned. I didn't even bother mentioning my grades to other people, because outside of school, nobody cared. It ended up just being one big waste of time and energy. I'll think about it. Thanks for answering my questions, even if I'm not sure how much of it is true. And sorry for snapping at you all the time. I've been a bit stressed lately, even before that happened. Joyce admits, standing up. I'd better start studying again. See you again some other time. She looks at Raymond. You don't mind if I keep using this table? Raymond shrugs. I'll take that as a yes, she says, half to herself. See you, I say, as she walks away and starts looking amongst the bookshelves. As I start to ascend to leave the library, Raymond speaks without raising his head. Interesting story. How much of it is true? I don't joke around with things like that. It's all true, I reply. Hmm. You know, from a story like that, an individual with some imagination might lead to think that you weren't always the way you were today. He notes without any particular inflection, almost like a interested disinterest. Is anyone, I asked rhetorically, Perhaps the greatest skill that any of us have is the ability to adapt, to change or suit our circumstances, sometimes to change for the better, oftentimes for the worse. I wonder occasionally what my younger self would have had to say about some of the things I've done. Would younger me have made the same decisions, the same mistakes? I think sometimes that I was the smartest that I'd ever was when I was a child, and the years have only made me dumber, more knowledgeable, but dumber which is, of course, entirely related to what I said. He responds with a dry sarcasm. Sometimes you couldn't pry my mouth open with a crowbar, metaphorically speaking, and other times I just seem to ramble. Maybe that's just one of the ways I adapted. I sigh. But I should be going. The others will be wondering where I am. He shrugs in reply, and I make my way out, leaving him to read at his table, surrounded by people, but somehow giving off a feeling that he was entirely separated from everyone else. After our heartfelt chat, Joyce and I became best of buds. Well, that may have been just the slightest exaggeration, but at least we aren't swapping verbal jabs every time we pass each other. Our interactions still aren't friendly, per se, but they are at least void of hostility. Polite exchanges, perhaps. Although I did learn some interesting and useful things in the light creation magic class, unfortunately, it does appear that some of those things I want to learn fall under the umbrella of illusion magic. Still, it's not the end of the world. Upon realizing that I wouldn't be learning those particular aspects of magic in the class, I turned my attention once again to the library and perused a few tombs on the subject. Illusions. The art of affecting the mind and senses but not just to fool, trick, or beguile someone. Illusion magic can also be used to enhance the senses, to share senses with others. For example, say you're standing on the ground with a bird flying above you. You could, assuming that you knew how, cast a spell to see what the bird sees and hear what it hears. The same sort of spell is used in my eye, but instead of sharing the sight with someone else, 
It's what the magic tool sees. In other words, it's the type of magic I need to learn if I want to go about replacing my lost senses at some point. At this point, though, the goal is slipping through my tines like wet spaghetti. I just isn't very viable and straightforward spell. To cast it in an unusual manner, I would practically need to cast two spells in tandem. One to focus incoming light into an area covered by my other spell, which would be reading that light and transferring the information to me. Not that I'm saying that it's impossible to cast two spells at once. It's entirely possible, but ensuring that the two spells remain at a constant distance and relative angle to each other, and then again, for me to do so, I don't get insanely disoriented. While trying to do whatever else, reading, writing, and so on, just isn't feasible. I might be able to work out a third spell to deal with the positioning problem, or work it into other two spells somehow but then I'd be managing either three spells at once or two complex spells. And I haven't even started thinking about other senses. Hearing and speaking shouldn't be too complex once I learned magic related to air and motion. More precise and complex motion, that is, but I haven't the foggiest of how I'd go about replicating taste or smell. So it seems, at least for now, that I won't be able to get much further along that line of thought until I learn how to make magic tools, so I guess I'll be doing some basic artificing next term. Darkness magic, in its simplest form, as far as I'm able to observe, seems to act like a barrier of some kind that blocks and absorbs light. And only light. It can't be touched or interacted with in any other way by anything else. Possible uses? I don't know. Blocking the light getting to an opponent's eyes? Obscuring something from sight? Assuming the enemy's party doesn't rely on sight, it seems absolutely useless. At least, how I can use it at this point. Water magic, what else is there to say? It's water. Can you drink it? Sure, but it's magic after all. It'll just disappear from your stomach once the spell stops being maintained. Practical uses? Creating bad footing and splashing people. The classic pressurized water cutter is also a possibility, I think. Once I learn some more... Probably not very effective unless I can get an incredible amount of pressure, but mixing in with some fine particles of an abrasive, potentially from earth magic, could help ease that requirement a bit. Wire magic has increased my range in offensive options, of course. It's fire. I can make walls of it to obscure vision, trap an opponent, or prevent them from following. Fireballs, of course. I can make a small, incredibly hot bolt of fire to pierce through an opponent and quite a lot of other things. No, I haven't tested it to see if I can melt me. I am not that stupid. Fire magic comes with its own risks, though. Magical fire can produce normal fire, and it's difficult to control that once it starts. Of course, it's possible. I just don't know how to do it. It falls under alteration magic, not destruction magic after all. As for formations, that's more of a difficult subject. It's more theory-based than any of my other classes, but I think I've learned a lot from it. For example, the formation commonly used as a base for elemental magic is a hexagram, which each point representing one of the elements. It's simple, multi-purpose, and effective. Empty formations, as they're called, for other types of magic range in form and function. Some may have no circle, some are based on a pentagram or a decagram, Others are in case of holy magic, or may be based on the holy symbol of a god or a goddess, while still others require the formation to be composed of specific materials. 
just learning some of them and understanding what types of magic they can, or rather should, be used for will make it much easier for me to understand magic formations drawn by other mages in the future. I also learned about the design more complex formations that include one or theoretically multiple subforms. Although I am going to have to do a lot of practical, methodical and careful experimentation as well as gain a deeper understanding of the methods involved to get to that point. I also gotten the Ignatia language skill up to expert, so I've set that aside for the moment and started to work on understanding the Aquian language, the elemental language of water. It's my third elemental language and I feel like I'm starting to see similarities between the languages, or rather, similar differences? It's like each language is a puzzle piece and its gaps on the other language might fill, and itself might fill a gap on another language. Whether or not that has any meaning or practical purpose, I don't know. But I think I'm learning this language is a bit faster than the ones before. Despite the tumultuous event that occurred, the term once again comes to an end. And, after a short break, a new one begins. A bit of time has passed now since the whole kidnapping event, and is starting to recede from the forefront of people's minds. People are starting to relax again, get back into the normal order of things. I wish that same could be said for myself, but a part of me wonders, even as I study, even as I develop for and formulate new spells, exactly what their intentions were for kidnapping us. A part of me wonders whether we were truly seen the last of them. I, as a student, am of course no privy to whatever investigations or happenings related to the matter may be occurring, but I can't help think that if there was no further threat, then they would have announced as such. A part of me wonders how they knew where we would be. Was it just the same sort of thing that done every term? I mean, there are a host of spells that could be used to detect or locate our group once we were outside the academy. It wouldn't be a stretch to assume that they'd used one, but was our kidnappers in that goal, or merely a single part of a larger plan? If the latter, and assuming that the plan has something to do with the academy, then they likely have informants, contacts and or moles inside the academy. Theoretically, I could observe someone over the extended period of time. It wouldn't be too difficult to ascertain whether they displayed any suspicious behaviors, at least if they did so outside areas that block my vision. But the whole student body, and perhaps the teachers too, not a chance. I don't have nearly the time and brain power, so to speak, for that. I envy how others can perhaps let sleeping dogs lie, forget about it, move on. But if there's a chance of something's going to happen, I want to be ready for it. If there's one thing that I hate, it surprises. Too many questions, not enough answers. Uncertainty and doubt cloud my mind. I can't work like this. Well, I probably can, to be honest, but I don't want to. Questionable motivations, questionable solutions. There's no good plan, so it's time to see if Joe really has answers, or just more questions. End of chapter.